Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. So the next sequel that we're going to be reviewing and our last sequel of our third year of podcasting, it actually lines up well. It's Hangover Part 3. Me and Jamie had a blast talking about it, and I had a blast talking with this week's guest, actress Chandra Curry. Sandra plays Linda, Alan's mom in the movie. So she had some amazing behind the scenes stories about, you know, landing the role, working with Todd Phillips, Bradley Cooper, and then just having to endure the abuse from her little boy, Alan, Zach Galifianakis and his improv. Man, the third movie, the abuse that she takes. Well, you'll check out our review and hear that. But man, I love talking to Sandra because she grew up without even knowing that my, her mom was an actress. Her mom was from a small town in Illinois, same one that Betty White's from. And her mom came out to California, to Hollywood. She was determined to become an actress. And then from there, you know, she became a mom, gave up acting. And Sandra had that in her blood all those years later. And Sandra is a go-getter. If you When you get to her origin story about her really just having that mindset of like, I want to do this. I love it. So we talked about her early roles, real Lobo small role in a John Wayne movie. And then her slice some Dyson movies in the seventies that she calls them. We talked about Jesse's girls, mama's dirty girls, police woman. She was just the queen of that genre. And then we talked about her amazing guest starring roles over the years, three's company, Magnum PI, and so many of those. Simon and Simon. Oh my God. And then the fact she met her husband, her now husband, who is a, a big time TV director. She meets him for an audition, which is such a cute story. I love those meet cute stories. And that's a great one. So it was great to talk about, talk to Sandra about her career and her sister, Cherie Curry of the runaways. So just a great chat overall. One thing I loved about talking with Sandra, she was very interesting in me. You know, asking about me, what I do, about my daughter, my wife. And she even said, say hi to your wife. You know, that's so nice. She's so genuine. I love talking with her. And you're going to love hearing about her. So what I want you to do is please subscribe wherever you're listening. And please rate us, share us, tell your friends. And without further ado, here is actress Sandra Curry. Yeah. Hi. Where are you? I'm in New Jersey. New Jersey. Cold New Jersey. Oh, it's cold right now. I'm in my shed, but I have a little, because my daughter's sleeping and I like to not be able to, I don't want to whisper. So. Oh, that's cool. Do you have snow? Uh, no, but we're getting it over the weekend. We're Uh luckily in the West part of the state, so we're not going to get hammered. So hopefully it hasn't been bad. So I really can't complain as a kid. We used to get hammered my daughter really last winter was her first like real real snow other than that yeah. the first two years was nothing oh my gosh it's you know i'm i'm a california baby so it's just um i, I mean just a little it's fun to go play in when yeah. we went back there uh, well it's been years now but we used to go a lot and it was like the the 2000 the the whatever it was the centennial something. And we went back and it was the first snowfall I'd ever seen. And we went out, wow. I was like a little kid. I woke him up. I said, honey, it's snowing outside. And we went over to central park and I mean, played in the snow till there were icicles in my hair. 
Oh, that's amazing. No, it's cool when you don't experience something and you have the chance to do it. And when I was talking to, which I, I didn't even know, because whenever I interview people, for the most part, I just talk about them. So when I talked to Robert Hayes, Bob, I I didn't even know that he was married to your sister at one point. And well, that's, that's something that we talked about. I thought we talked about it because, oh, my gosh, that's so wild. You know, yeah. he's in Hawaii right now. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. No, but when I when I was telling him, because he was like, oh, Doug, where are you from? Because we had like a fun conversation for a while. And I go, oh, I'm in New Jersey. And then he went into this. He filmed a movie here in the late 80s that got stuck in the can. I'm sure he's told you a million times. And he was telling me, he's like, I would love to buy it, but I don't even know where it is right now. Yeah, he should. I mean, I, we, I talked to him. I, well, we came back from uh, Maui two and a half weeks ago, and then we both got COVID. Crazy. So, but it's we're done, you know. We're on the outside of it now. Good, but, good. Um, but I talked to him then. I haven't talked to him since he's gotten back. He's yeah. just living the lap of luxury in in Oahu. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So cool. What I like to do with these is just to find how people, you know, got started in this crazy uh, industry because no matter what, it's one of the hardest jobs to do. The failure rate of you know, becoming an actor or working in any part part of the film industry so hard. So you grew up right in the thick of it. You grew up in LA. I did. I'm a Hollywood baby. I was born at Cedars of Lebanon. That's actually where I think Bob was born there too. I'd have to double check on that, but uh, it's, it's, I don't even know what it is now, but, and then I, my mom was working and we were in uh, Hollywood uh and then um yeah i've never now i'm i'm a valley girl now okay so i'm in sherman <laughs> oaks so so how did your mom she, your mom was from like the midwest right she was from oak park illinois oh, right, okay. near chicago right on the outside of chicago so the same as betty white betty white was from oak park too oh no way and how did how did she end up coming to hollywood was she acting then because she was an actress right yeah um she was determined and she was gutsy you know i think i mean i think that the only reason it seems like sheree and and i were even somewhat gutsy is i mean she put us to shame she was well she came out here at 18 years old and just kind of didn't take no for an answer and got an agent pretty much right away and she really started working as a matter of fact we were shocked because none of us girls, not Marie nor Shireen or me, out nor I knew how fabulous she was. Because she kind of she talked about it when I was young, but she didn't. Um, she never kind of went on. We didn't see her work. And then maybe twenty years ago, uh, TV Land started airing a lot of her stuff, and oh. Alan and I were looking at it. and We were going, "Wow!" I mean, she was like twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. She was fabulous. She was so funny. She kind of just was innately funny. And um, yeah, she she got a contract with Republic right away. And, you know, she she was really pretty interesting. As a matter of fact, Cherie even said, had she known mom was so good and, and it was in our genetics, she would have probably worked harder at it herself. So. <laughs> no, I looked at your mom's IMDb and it was so cool reading about that she had a contract. She was like in a lot of Westerns. The movie posters then are just so cool because they're, they're art, you know, then they got yeah. to a point there, there's still some studios that still do it, but even some of your cool ones from the seventies, they're like legit. When you look at them, they're like pieces of art. They're not just photos <laughs> put together on a, on a, you know, on a piece of paper. 
That's true. The thing that was so funny, though, about my early slice, I call them like slice and dice films, were that, in fact, in my office, sometimes I do interviews in my office, and in my yeah. office, I have two some of the old one sheets up on my wall. And nice. all of a sudden, I mean, this is a long time ago that I realized this, but there were two different films, both Policewoman and um, Jesse's Girls, that have the same, the same character on the front of it i mean it's like they one ripped the other one off exactly the same holding the gun the same way only one's dressed in western garb and one's dressed as a cop so um that was that's kind of funny and on jesse's girls i watched that the other night and uh, oh my god on that it was on tubi i watched it yeah was it the the edited version or it was not the edited version but it was i know i know i i wasn't expecting that well, I you know because I always try to, I always try to like watch people's films throughout their career, like things they worked on. I but uh, told no, you one... to watch some other things other than that. <laughs> but anyway, on the poster, like you said, they were the same. Even on that poster, because police women did, it was people loved it. It was known because on that poster they advertised it. They have your name and that movie on the Jesse's Girls poster. I know, and they actually, that movie, wildly enough, there was an edited version without the nudity, and it was very, very popular, and it ran all the time on, like, Channel 13 in Los Angeles here. I think it ran at least 13 or 14 times, and in fact, my stepfather, who's gone now, my mom was married to him almost 30 years, he he was, he's a German, an extremely smart man, spoke of multiple languages and all that. But the funny thing about it is that he would tease me about it. It was a comedy. And I said, dad, did you look at that right? I mean, did you really see the same movie yeah. that we shot? And then I, he said, oh, it's a wonderful comedy. And I went, I don't think so. But <laughs> So how did your journey begin? Did you know growing up? I know you said your mom talked about her acting. Like when was the first time you had the inkling of like, hey, I want to I want to give this a shot? Truthfully, I don't think I ever had any other desire, mainly because uh, my mom gave me every possible lesson when I was growing up. You know, I mean, I had tap and I had ballet and I had jazz and I had acrobatics and I had all that kind of stuff. And so she, I mean, I don't think that there was ever anything in my mind. I mean, I used to tease. I mean, and this is when I was thinking I was just a smart kind of super chick or something, um, that if I wasn't a, um, Actress, I would have been a gun mall. Well, that was long past gun malls or a psychologist. Well, I think that's pretty interesting because that's, yeah, a psychologist. And, you know, you have to be a little bit of that. But um, I started very young and and I got lucky straight out of the box, too. I didn't realize how hard it was until later. And, uh, And my mother didn't help me. She didn't help me until way later when I had done a few things that she was happy with. Wow. And, okay. um, yeah. So uh, she then then she would be happy and then she wanted to come on all the sets. And she did. She came on almost every set. If I was in Los Angeles, she came on everything. But um, I started I started working. Uh, I was going to a Catholic girls high school. And then from Bing Crosby Productions, they used to send their their scouts to Corvallis, but this was more to work in their 
fan mail department and things like that. So they'd sent somebody to our school and there were four of us that got jobs. And one of the jobs that I got was working for the controller of the company. His name was Riff Rogers. And so I went to work there and I was, yeah, I don't think I was even 18. No, I wasn't even 18 because <laughs> um, I graduated when I was 17. And, and also next door was Columbia and they had a thing called film industry workshops and Sally Field was in that at that time. So I started going down there after I got off work and just kind of, it, I just kind of slid into it. It was later that I realized just how tough it, it actually well, it's it's tough, but if you're really you want that passionately, it's not it's not so hard because anything you really really want to do that's and that's like that is uh, I don't know that I can do it now. Truthfully, you know the business yeah. has changed so yeah. much um, that it was much more personal then, and um, so anyhow, that's it. It was after that that I kind of went, whoa, this is really not an easy deal. So that's that's so, kind of it, you know. So did you start just going on auditions, like when you were on the Columbia lot? Like what was that first yes. time that you got in front of a camera? There was um, a guy who came around who was a manager and um, came around and would pop in and see all of us girls, as we, you know, the, the little worker bees. And then Afterward, and also there was a guy who was the cinema, the cinematographer, the uh, projectionist at the Encino Theater, and I had been a, um, a candy girl and also a um, um, I was actually a cashier also at one point, and he I would go upstairs and talk to him all the time. His name was um, oh shoot, shame on me! Oh my gosh, and he directed that film too. It was a film I did. Terry Moore was supposed to do it. It was based on her story, and he replaced her. Um, Jack, oh, shame on me. John Carr, that's what his name was. John Carr, C-A-R-R. Oh, okay. So he was a projectionist, and you just happened to work with him years later? I used to go up and just on my breaks, and we'd sit there and talk. And he actually was writing this film, and it wasn't all that bad, actually. And um, he got... This guy that I'm trying to tell you, his Russell, John Russell, that's who it was. John Russell to do the lead. And it was originally Terry Moore's script because she originally did have an affair with her pool man, I guess. And um, she's and she's part of the actor's studio now, too, which is funny. And I don't know that she's really put it all together because she's kind of up there now. Yeah. But um and I haven't, I decided not to be so rude as to say I replaced her on a film a zillion years ago that was supposed to be about her, where she was cheating on her husband with a pool man. I decided not to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyhow, so that, so when he started getting that off the ground and he lost her for whatever reason, I was going to do a smaller role in it. And he asked me to come in and read and talk about the lead role. And, and he was satisfied with that. So I went ahead wow. and did that. And at that time, I also was um, hanging around with Howard Hawks quite a lot because he wanted me to be this whole other kind of actress. Um, So I would go up on top of the roof on my building because he always wanted actors with low voices. And I would go up there totally 
not recommending this to anyone. And I would go, ho, 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 and to drop my voice down so that when I actually did a test for him, my voice was way low. And then when I went to Quinn Martin to work, um, the casting person was the mother of an agent that I knew. And years later, her mother had written when she met me, she said, she, they make notes, you know, when they come in. And she said, kind of tough with a very low voice, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> so, and this is really, I mean, this is me trying to really be a really grown up person. <laughs> I just heard a story about, the, I just heard somebody else tell a story like that about someone that every day when they drove to set, they would scream in their car because mm-hmm. for the role that they were doing, they had to have like a, a voice. I, I I forgot who it was. It was somebody I just talked to. And I was like, really? That's crazy. There are a few people that did that. I mean, think of the actors. I'm trying to even think the actors that really had the girl with the really almost like white blue eyes. She's not working anymore. Yeah. So how did like Rio Lobo come out? Like, how did that come about? Like that first role in that John Wayne movie? He um, was living in Palm Springs, but he also had an apartment in the same building that I had my first apartment in. And the only reason that I had that is at the Sunset Tower. And normally I would never have been able to afford that building. It's up on Sunset. It's still the Sunset Tower now. It's gone through a couple of incarnations. And I met him in the elevator one day and with, you know, just fearless enough that I started a conversation with him and we hit it off. It was just, it was great fun to listen to him. I didn't even really know that much about him. And my mother was the one who said she had tested for him one time. So that was kind of really fascinating. And, um, and I did start to hang out with him quite a bit. I mean, I really kind of was probably infatuated he was a lot 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 older than i was yes. I mean, if you ever look him up uh, oh, yeah. but he had great great stories and he always kind of seemed mildly amused you know that's what i kind of when when todd mccarthy was writing a book about him he interviewed me and i i told him that you know i mean howard kind of always get this glint in his eye anyway and um and he even bought me a lot of clothes and whatnot because he wanted me to dress a certain way and to talk a certain way and all that. But he, when he was just got a smile on his, on his face, that was kind of just like, he was amused. So now in hindsight, I think about that. I'm going, wait a minute, you know, that was, I don't know how cool that was or not, yeah. but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Just the chances of like just being in the elevator and being fearless and... Really- fearless is a good quality you know i mean no, now, yeah. of the of the uh what's going on in the world every once in a while i mean i get kind of overrun with fear and then i'm going fear knocked on the door faith answered it no one was there you know because <laughs> it's paralyzing fear is not oh, a yeah. good thing no so. i know and especially in this industry i think you said it perfect before like if you want to make it if you want it bad enough and you have to have that fear nobody's gonna like come to you and be like hey you know what you want to be a movie star it's never like that. You have to 
engage that person to get to that. So how did you said it before slice him, dice him the, that, that genre of those movies you're in, how did those come about? Like, what was the first one that you're pro was that class of 74? Was that like that genre of that or no? Class of 74, I think was the first one um, that came out uh, that John Carr film, which I'll tell you later what the name of that was. As I say, he's, cha- he's changed it. I, I think I even have a copy of it. That was, and then Policewoman, and I replaced a girl on Policewoman that ended up, to, she was doing a Frankenheimer film. And so they had to replace her. I was backing her up. And then Jesse's Girls. And then I did a whole slew of them. I mean, I must have done 10 or 11 of them. Wow. Um, they kind of just like, they start to snowball. So, you know, when you're doing that kind of a film, they, that they were coming to me, actually. It was kind of fortunate. And then I was starting to do television, too. So, you know, I did Mannix and I did Adam 12 and I did. Oh, yeah. All of them. And when you look at it, you worked on every show that my parents, like what I do with my daughter, probably when she gets a little bit older, like showing the shows that you grew up on. But like, because my parents showed me TV land, all those shows, like when I see on here, it makes me want to watch all of them, like The Odd Couple and oh yeah like even i, I did the i didn't even know that sanford sanford and son i never knew there was a show just sanford yeah there was sanford there was sanford and son and i can think sanford was the second one i'm not even yeah. sure which one i did you did the second one that's where i saw it and i looked it up yeah oh i did a few of the three's companies and john and i were friends he was fantastic he was just really really fabulous and golden girls golden girls i'm so sorry that didn't continue that was supposed to continue but that wasn't so easy it was fabulous working with betty um i absolutely fell in love with her and i mean all all the way up until just the last couple of years when she really really was quite a bit older um i would I was so fond of her and she was just great fun and a great person to be around. And I just wanted to grow up and be her. She was so inspirational. You know, she really was. And she loved animals. I love animals. And she just was really a a fabulous lady, but that was supposed to continue. The cheers I did was supposed to continue the three's company. The last one that was supposed to continue when I was the next door neighbor. And um, there were a whole slew of them that were supposed to go on and either, you know, they changed it or it didn't happen for one reason or another. Um, Those are stories too. Oh, you're telling me your roles. They said, Hey, this is going to be like a four episode arc. Oh yeah. I mean, in three's company, I was the new next door neighbor. So um, that was the very last season when they were going to spin it off. That was good. And then the, uh, I was uh, the stepmother, Woody Harrelson's. I think it was his stepmother too, or whatever, <laughs> or by marriage. Another one by marriage. That was supposed to continue, but then they all—they were like the last seasons of a lot of Golden Girls did go on, but uh, it, Rue and I were not meant to be in a series together. <laughs> I think. Anyway. No, I was going to ask you because I'm helping this actor, this guy Larry Hankin. He was on Friends for. I remember was, Larry Hankin. Larry yeah. Hankin actually did. Um, I did a mini series that Larry Hankin was in. Um, oh, yeah? A Bible thing. It was called Heroes of the Bible. Really? I'm pretty sure he was in that. I'm pretty sure. Look that up. I'm pretty sure he was in that. He played one of the, the 
I don't know, one of the three shepherds or something. Oh, really? I need to look that up. No, but he had. Uh, well, he's still at it. He's still writing. Uh, I'm helping him write a book. So, oh. yeah, just helping him get his stories together because he's done a ton over the years. He's he started like doing improv at in San Francisco like in the '60s. And then he was at like Second City, and so he has a bunch of different stories. So I help him un unravel him from his brain. So I watch the thing and like try to get him to remember stuff. But uh, no, he's done with the book. It, it was pretty cool. But the thing that was fascinating for me when he was on Friends, it's not like he was on three episodes in a row. He was in like the first season, second, fourth, and fifth. Was it the same character or a different character? Same character. Yeah, he was the he was the landlord. So he was the same character. Oh. He lived downstairs and he would always compl- yell at them and stuff. So I was going to ask you because you were on a, sh- a pretty hit show. You know, people still watch it and talk about it. Being on a show like those different times, like you're on 77, 81, and 84 in Three's Company, did you notice like a change in those people? Because John Ritter was, what was he no, in 77? Was that was always, his first show, right? Yeah, but John was always fabulous. In fact, yeah. John went on after that show went off the air and did a series my husband did. Um, it was a hospital show. It was like Apple Bomb something or other at Fox. And he was really, I mean, he was so talented. And so when he passed on, that was pretty awful. Oh, yeah. um, but he never changed. The only one that really changed on that show was Suzanne. I yeah. mean, she she dumped herself in that first season. And that was uh, pretty awful. She was she never really recovered from that. I mean, she's gone on to have a, a kind of a career, but I don't know if it would have been the career that she really wanted. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, he's she's the only one that really kind of took a dive. As far when you when you when I say took a dive, I have to clarify that that where she just really thought the whole show was about her, and that's when she was really putting the squeeze on the producers and stuff. And they basically were saying, you know, we can do this show without you. Yeah. And the second season, the second one I did, um, she was only coming in, and she would none of the cast wanted to be on the same set with her, and so they were um, they were shooting her stuff separately, kind of literally kind of phoning it in and then they replaced her so um, jenny lee did it one season yeah. and priscilla barnes did it a couple of two or three seasons um and and joyce always stayed the same she was really pretty fabulous i don't know anybody that's really changed i'm trying to think outside of her even peter falk you know i mean i did a couple of the movies of the week with peter falk but he's he's a really a diehard actor. It's different than when you're when you're a diehard actor. He really he was an actor, a studio person, and really worked his tail off. Bradley's like that. Bradley Cooper's like that. He really is oh, a yeah. working actor, working at his craft, and so that's uh, that's how they were then at that time too. Peter Falk. Yeah, it's funny. Like you can think of him. Like I, I never knew he went to actor studio, but obviously he has the chops. All the movies. He's done over the air, but even towards the end, he was doing like funny off the wall comedies, playing like the serious dad. I remember one with like Chris Kattan when the family was in the mafia, and he plays like this. Oh, I gotta mafia see that. You gotta dad. tell me yeah. what the name of that oh, Corky, was. It's called Corky Romano. Corky Romano. Sean Penn's late brother, uh, Chris Penn's in it. Yeah, they play like this mafia family, and yeah, it's silly, but. It, it was when Chris Kattan was at the height of SNL. 
That was like his okay. one off movie that he was able to do through that. But, uh, yeah, no, that's so fascinating. Just hearing about like the evolution of shows. And I think it's so cool when you're able to be on all these different sets over the years. Now, is that how you met your current husband? I Were did. you on a set? I did. Really? Uh, uh, no, uh, on an audition. In fact, it was on an audition a long time ago, and he had narrowed it down. It was it was during one of the strikes. Things happen during you do things during the strikes that you might not really ordinarily do, and it was during a writer's strike. And he was doing a film that was going to be shot in the Philippines called I even don't remember the name of it because I've told that story a few times called Beauty Treatment, and he had narrowed it down to me and two girls, two women. One's one of my very best friends now, and that's Lonnie Anderson. And the other one is a a good friend and um, still. And he narrowed it down to all three of us. And then the strike got settled and um, the film wasn't made. So then I didn't see him again. He he always says to this day, he says, if you were to interview him, he'd say the same thing. I always I fell in love with her the first time I saw her. I'm going, yeah, nice. fat chance I couldn't get an audition for him after that. <laughs> and he goes, That's not the truth. And I'm going, Well, you know, you have your remembrance of that, and I have mine. <laughs> but he um then he was doing scruples, which had a lot of women in it. It was a miniseries, and I couldn't even get an audition for that. Now, in all kindness to him he said that he didn't choose the cast that he came and he replaced the director on that Ah. so that's what happened with that but then he was doing another thing during another strike in the early 80s and i went in to read for that and i didn't get that job either and my agents called me and they said we got a strange call from this director and i he said but he wants to talk to you you're not getting the role but he wants to tell you personally and i'm thinking who is this person so uh <laughs> so you know call him back in 45 minutes or whatever so i waited longer and he was trying to explain to me why i wasn't getting that role which was he had cast as the lead guy a really tall person and i'm petite i'm not tall and so i, I was flip about it i went oh don't worry about it you know i mean We'll have lunch sometime. Well, sure enough, when they finished shooting, he called me to have lunch. And that's how that whole thing started. And a couple oh. of years later, we actually got together. And we've been together 30 some odd years now. Wait, so you had lunch and then it wasn't for another few years that you guys started dating? No, I mean, we oh, had, okay. it wasn't because I was still married to my ex-husband, Tony. Oh, okay. So we had lunch and we became friends. And then Tony and I s- separated I think the following summer, a year, a year plus later, and um, Alan was kind of in the wings. So that's when we got together. And then we did a couple of shows together. Oh, you did? Okay. That's awesome. We did Simon and Simon. I did a few Simons too. We did Simon and Simon. We did Magnum. And um, I mean, we worked together. I've lost count, but I think it's 15 or 16 times. I think he thinks it's more than that, but I'm not sure. (laughs) I know it's funny. Yeah, no, I think it's so cool when people meet in this business. And I think not saying that somebody in Hollywood, because there's a lot of people that are married to people that aren't in the business, but I feel like there's something that goes into it that maybe some people wouldn't understand, like what people go through in it. And I know some people like are like, oh, well, they're actors. They do blank. It's like, it's a hard job. It is, it is really insane. a hard job. Not only that, honestly, Doug. It's, it's a hard job 
And you have to be really disciplined. People think, oh, well, you know, you just get to, you get up, you go to work, they just put your makeup on and stuff. But you have to really be with it. I mean, that used to be, they used to talk about people who would be sloshed or be loaded or whatever, but you really can't have a steady career unless you're on top of it. And plus you're up. I'm, when I have to get up and go to work, it's like, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock if I'm lucky. And even these last couple of years, we've been sleeping fairly late. And, and even if they call me for an audition, I'm going, yeah, that's too early. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drive that far. So now I'm spoiled. It's not, I can't do it. But yeah. And it's a very different career now. If you're, if you're telling someone now about a very different business, I mean, what you? I mean, I still say study, study, study. If people ask, I mean, there's that's still hands down what you need to do and do theater once we all open up again and and really get your feet wet out there. You got to get out there and do it and do whatever you can. But you also have to really be committed. You can't just be sloppy with it. No, you have to because some people get that shot maybe because they're TikTok famous or social media famous, but it doesn't mean that it's going to last. Like you've seen it with athletes or models that get like one-off movies or two, two movies. And then cause they're not good. They're not going to last like Cindy Crawford. She's probably the nicest person in the world, but she had like the two, two or three movies and it just didn't, you know, the audience didn't gravitate to them. So then she didn't do any more. Now you, you always did theater like throughout, even when you were acting, were you still doing stage? I was, but I wasn't, um, you know, they, they weren't really great big things where I had to work five, six, seven shows a week. Yeah. I've always done theater here in Los Angeles. A couple times I've gone elsewhere, but um, generally uh, the plays are like four days a week. I mean, it's still a big commitment, but it's not oh, yeah. the same as if you're, in, if you're in New York having to do a show seven days a week in a matinee two days. So that's a whole other deal. Like one of the people that I really love a lot. And I think I have a huge respect for him is Brian Cranston. And Brian is really somebody who always is working. I mean, he does, if he's not, he's getting ready to do a play now in Los Angeles called uh, something of the sale, something of the sale. He's doing it at the Geffen. It opens the beginning of February. I mean, he never is not working. It's almost like he's like running as fast as he can to take advantage of everything. And he's, I mean, he's hugely successful, but he's still, he's doing that. He's doing another season of that one he did in um, uh, New Orleans a couple of years ago. It got renewed, the judge? Yes. Yes. I love that. I loved it too. And I even, I even said to him, I, when he said he was going to do, he said, he's not doing, it. I said, give me a break. You know I mean? It was so painful at the end. I could hardly watch oh, it. And he goes, trust me, I'm not doing it again. And then his wife is a good friend, Robin. And she said, no, he's getting ready to do another, another season. And I said, you're kidding. I didn't think he wanted to do that. Um, but he's, he's really, he's actually the epitome of a working actor who's still, I mean, he does lead roles and things. He stars in big films. He stars in um, independent films. And I'd say Bradley's, well, Bradley's a lot younger than Brian, but nevertheless, Bradley's like that, but he's been just doing a lot, a lot of features, but he's directing, you know, so he's doing a lot too. 
Yeah, Bradley's fin- I think it was his birthday, but like, and I, it was your birthday a few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Happy belated birthday! But I saw. Thank it was you, Bra- Capricorn. It was, <laughs> it was Bradley's a few months ago, and I saw and I saw all these videos of him, and it's so cool. Or every time people share him on social media, because he went to the actor's studio in New York, and he's asking these. He went to these- Pace. Yeah. And he's asking these questions during the James Lipton interviews. And one of, I'm trying to think of who one of them was, but he like stands up and he's like very timid, but he like, his question was like mind blowing. I don't know if it was Tom Cruise, but it was such like a in-depth question that it like blew the person away. I but think I, think I saved the, that. I have to look at yeah? that again. I, do, yeah. I think I saved it. It's just what he, what he does. And I think about those hangover movies often because they're awesome. You're great in them. The cast, really, the cast was perfect. And it's really wild when you think about, I'm not saying he wouldn't have got, went anywhere after those movies, but to go from a movie like that to the roles that he plays, it's pretty hard for actors to do that. Yeah. And Todd Phillips, you know, you have to give him a oh, lot of credit also. Exactly. He's just brilliant. Yeah. And then he goes on to do something like The Joker. No, so, no. Um, yeah. So he's, when is your birthday? October 5th. October, okay. I'll put that on my book for next year. Libra. That's very easygoing. Calm. I don't think so. No. I, my mother was a Libra. Oh she, no. October twenty first. I don't I you can't really call her easygoing. No, that's not it. So what do you do? Do you are you doing this every day now? What are you doing? Do what? These? Yeah, no, as far as life in general. What do I do? I work from home. I got my accounting degree. Hopefully going to get an accounting job soon. A remote because I want to be home just like most people. And yeah. I got my three-year-old daughter at home and uh, another one on the way in July. Oh, my gosh. So you are busy, busy. Yeah. <laughs> three-year-old and another one on the way. Okay. Yeah. My wife's a busy one. My, my, my wife's a seventh grade English teacher. So she has really? to deal with all those kids while being God. Yeah, almost four months pregnant. So, wow, wow. I mean, that's fascinating being an English teacher. Truthfully, we had a close friend who was um, the dean of a school here, and but he was his specialty was English. And I even when he moved back to England, I would be on the phone going, "Is it, is it I or we or them or they?" (laughs) (laughs) All those tricky English words that you really kids don't really now. It's accepted to really say a whole lot of other things but it wasn't always because i was taught by the nuns and that was a whole other deal so i'll just say hi to her sometime oh yeah no definitely so then we have like i was saying and i think it's on your imdb there's just so many of these shows that you were on over the years like murder she wrote like you mentioned before there was columbo family matters i think that's i, I think it's so great like obviously people can be on a show for 30 years or something. I think it's so great when you can go from like set to set and form all these different connections with all these people. Cause I think that's what the business is that people don't think about too is like the connections and like knowing people from different sets or auditions. Yes, definitely. I think that, you know, that's, that's usually a really positive thing. Occasionally it's, it doesn't work quite that well. Because sometimes people don't want to, there's a a lot of pressure when you really are close to somebody or friendly with someone. Um, That's true. They don't want to even 
put themselves in that position. But a lot of times it does work. So you know what? I'd rather be friends than or friendly than not. Yeah. So I think that you're right. It's better to be friends than not. So, but you know, the kids today, the young people that want to be actors, really don't have a lot of options to meet people anymore. Yeah, probably different in features, but as far as casting people, we used to be able to go to the studios with our agents or our managers or whatever, and they would walk us around and introduce us to all the new, new casting people, and and sometimes someone would really take a liking to you and they would bring you in a lot or they would pre-read with you. So you had a kind of a sixth sense about what was going on. And it's not like that anymore. It's very impersonal with all of the, uh, the zoom stuff and the echo cast. And I mean, it's, it's really not easy now. Maybe it's not easy because I'm of the old school and I don't really know how to do that so well. It's just it's just impersonal. You don't have that connection yeah, to be able to work exactly. with someone. No, I think I, I think even before everything that's happened, I think it turned to that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like from some people that I've talked to, I always like asking that question. If people have been doing this it's hard job for like such a long time and be sticking with it too, and I think that's like exactly what I thought you were going to say. It was like the connections of it. Like when I talked to Bob, he was telling me his agent in the beginning would take him on the audition. Exactly. And be like, Hey, this is the guy. Like, here's the photos. And he's like, I actually have him with me. And he'd like walk around with him. And yeah, there, you don't have that chance of somebody just having that feeling about somebody. Cause all it is, is a video and you're looking at something. Absolutely. And the other thing is that they can't give you adjustments really. I mean, occasionally I, hangovers I got, uh, well, now I I take that back. I didn't get that by a, a, an echo cast. I actually went in, but it was it was a filmed audition. I didn't meet them. They were already shooting um, when I got that job. But um, the, the at least you had somebody in the room with you, um, whereas yeah. now you don't. So unless they want to call you back in and you go in to meet the producers or the directors or whatever. Um, you know, you don't, it's your idea of what that particular role should be. And, um, you could really, they could want it to go 180. So, um, it, it's a crapshoot at that point. So. No, it is. So how did the hangover happen? Like you're saying they were already shooting that movie. Yeah. They just not have that role lined up or. No, they were in Vegas filming already. I think that they were already like a week or two weeks into it. And this role was not starting until October. And so I went in over um, uh, Labor Day weekend. And the casting people, it was Seth Yankowitz. And who was the woman? Jules. Jewel Bustrop, I think. I read with them and I didn't hear anything for like three weeks. And my my manager at that time, because a lot of it wasn't on paper. So they wanted you to, they had a, they had kind of a scene plan, but you could riff on it a bit. And I didn't hear until three weeks later that I'd gotten that role. And then I read the script and the script was just laugh out loud funny. I, I sat on our bed and I just, I thought, this is really going to be a hit. And I had looked up the director. Uh, Todd had done a, not a lot, but a couple of two or three films before that. And I kind of just wanted to meet him too. Because my people had said, look, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to go. You know, it doesn't look like it's all that much and all that kind of stuff. And I went, nah, 
I, you know, I have a feeling about this one. And so I did go and he was, that was the first one. So no one was a star star at that point. Oh, I know. And he was really cool. And I told him, I said, you know, I have a sixth sense about this. There's really, there's something I'm telling you. I laughed out loud when I read the script. And so he started to kind of think of me a little bit as his lucky charm. So he wanted all of us in every film after that. Even the second one, we, he called and he said, it's really not much. I said, I don't care. You know, it's, it's fine. And Jeffrey and I think only did one scene or I don't I think that's all it was in the second one. We didn't go to Bangkok, which is everybody else had gone to Bangkok. And yeah, I think it was just when they came to pick up Alan was like the only part you were in the second maybe, one. I think that was yeah, it. Yeah, that's probably right, because I haven't seen the second one in a long time. But the but oh what I was going to say is on the first one, the fun of it was everybody was still very connected. Nobody was avoiding anybody and no one had to go hide out anyplace. And and so we were all texting or not texting emailing back and forth at that time and we were in europe and i remember what todd was something we were all in different time zones and we were getting these texts going do you believe it it's it's like this fourth month the fifth month the sixth month the eighth. it was in theaters from when it opened in may until december so wow. and and it was really those kind of pinch me moments where you go, wow, this is really fabulous. You know, I mean, no matter what, it was fabulous. And then he did the second one. And, um, you know, it was all right. It's hard to, when you, when you have something as successful as the first one, it's hard to really come up with something on the second one. And then the third one really read well. I mean, we were cast from the beginning to the end of it. And And we were supposed to start in September and not end up until Thanksgiving. And, I don't know exactly what happened, truthfully. I never had a heart-to-heart with Todd about that. But all of a sudden, my people got a call and everybody else. The whole ending, he changed up the entire ending. And it was going to take a week to shoot. And we all got a call saying it wasn't going to happen. And, I mean, I was heartbroken because I hadn't even had a chance. I shot the beginning and whatever was in the middle or whatever. And then the ending, we didn't have a chance to say goodbye. Or and, I mean, I was really, that was a such a disappointment. And then when I saw it, I thought, wow, you know, I mean, I felt they made a big mistake. Well, of course, I thought they made a mistake. I wasn't there and everybody else wasn't there either. But I didn't think that the ending really worked so well. And the humor, it was so funny. The the way it was going to end was so, so funny. And then it, it just, I don't know. But, you know, it. Whatever. I think that either someone must have gotten to him saying you got to change this up because it was a kind of a takeoff on the first ending, but it was way more extravagant than the first oh. ending. So one of these days I'll have to find that and, and tell you what it was, but it was it was pretty yeah. good. He had circus animals. Yeah, that's, why, in it. That, that's why circus animals in the end of it. Yeah, he had a whole oh, he had he had a whole I mean a huge ending. It was gonna take a week to shoot. So, oh my gosh. No, that's why I love doing sequels. Like growing up in New Jersey, it's not like a thing. My mom was a waitress, my dad was a garbage man. So, like, he would find cool stuff that people throw out. And he would find like sequels all the time. So, that's why I thought of this idea. And you're right. When you have a movie that is kind of perfect, The Hangover, I think, not only did it have two sequels, there's so many movies that are like it. It almost started like this bachelor party, like, genre of going mm-hmm. away for a bachelor party mm-hmm. there's so many straight to dvd or straight to you know 
on-demand movies like that. But no, the third one, what I like about it is just your interaction. It seemed like you got to play more with like Zach and I don't know. There, there's some of the lines he says. He's very mean to you. He is mean. He's so mean. Yes. I mean, and I've said that a few times. I said, "What happened here?" You know, I mean, he was just, and he, they, these are coming off the top of his head. This is not in the script. I'm saying, "What happened here? Why are you so mean to me?" And he, I mean, even at the funeral. Yes, he's coming down and saying, "Don't say that." <laughs> <laughs> no, the, no. At the funeral, he says he wishes that he, that you would die. Yeah, and all of us went. I mean, that wasn't in the script. Like my mother, that wasn't in the script. I mean, at all. He was just nasty. You, you think you could? Oh, he, the second one, he was a little nasty too. I actually think he should have been nicer for a number of reasons. <laughs> but he, I don't know why he went on that tack with it, but. Anyway. Yeah. Well, so was there, I know Todd does let a lot of people riff. Was there a lot of riffing with the script? Uh, Not with us. I mean, when I say with us, more like the, after it really became a huge hit, he kind of let uh, the guys riff. Zach would riff. I mean, he could, he could rail him back in, wrangle him back in, but it pretty much stuck to the script because it was in the second, no, it was the third one. I was kind of, you know, I knew my lines and all this kind of stuff. And he actually had a little moment there where he said, you got to know your lines. You got to know your lines. And I said, I know my lines. And he goes, no, you don't. And I went, whoa. And was that, that kind of like chastising where I went, whoops, you know, he's not in such a good mood today. Or maybe I don't know my lines as well as I should. So... But so I, I had to know my lines, but some of the others didn't have to always know their lines. So, yeah, <laughs> that's so cool that you had a feeling your manager says, yeah, there's this movie with these guys and you had a feeling and look what where it went. Yeah, because all the movies grossed a ton of money. I ton- I'm sure I know the first one. I feel like the third one even did very well. Oh, trust me. I think that we all did. Even I even the low kids on the totem pole. Yeah. Everybody did pretty well with residuals on that one. It was really, yeah. So anyhow, I just, uh, I I mean, I haven't talked to Todd or seen him in a long time, but I, I love him. I think he's so extraordinary. And I hope that, I hope life is sweet. He made some really good choices on that as far as having the courage to have that cast because Warner yeah. Brothers wanted a more of a name cast and he stuck to his guns and he made a gazillion dollars on it. So, you know, I just, I hope he's happy. That's, I mean, I just haven't connected with him in a while. I have to try to maybe do that once we get all of the world straightened out a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. No, I think you're right. When studios like metal, even in TV shows or movies, like if they want certain people, but I couldn't see anybody else play Alan. Like Bradley Cooper is perfect. Even at that point, I couldn't even tell you he was in. I think Todd might have directed Wedding Crashers. I don't know, but uh, he did but Bradley do something was in like Wedding- that. Yeah, because yeah, Bradley was in that, and then I couldn't even tell you what he was in just before The Hangover. But even Ed Helms was only in season four of The Office. So like all right. these people, you're right for a big movie that probably had a decent budget. Well, he actually, he said he could bring it in for X amount of dollars. 
um, if they would let, he, he promised them, he made a deal with them, that he would bring it in for X amount of dollars if they would let him cast who he wanted to cast. And he did. He brought it in way below what you think a, a film like that would would wow. cost. And and that's he that's what he really had a lot of courage of his convictions and guts to do what he needed to do and it made a fortune, you know, it was just one of those serendipitous things. No, this is so much fun. Thanks so much for connecting and sharing your story with me. I love hearing about how people start it. I think it's uh it's so fascinating, no matter what, even with growing up in the thick of it. But it's so cool hearing that your mom was so determined and it has passed on to you and your sisters for sure, right? Yeah. And I, as I told you, even talking to Cherie, that would be good for you to do since you talked to Bob already. She's got. Oh, yeah. Did you stories. did you t- tell her that? How, how random is that? That I knew I worked with a guy in Oregon for three months and he posted on his like Instagram or Facebook. I'm like. Wait, that's not you? And I'm like, oh my God, what are the chances? Yeah, that isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. And Jake is here. Jake is doing great. He's actually playing the whiskey. Um, the whiskey. Ago- no, oh, no, cool. wait, 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 no, no, he's not playing the whiskey. He did that already. He's playing the Troubadour, which is a very famous place, uh, the end of um, February. So um, I'm, I don't know if Bob's coming in for that or not. I have to find out. Does he act too, Jake? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, there was just a uh, film that I had to do an audition for in when we were in Maui, and there was a young, the lead guy. He did a he did a film that was about Ted Bundy, and he had a really great role in that. And he's very he's a redhead. Everybody always thought he was my kid, and um, he's darling. <laughs> you got to look him up. And um, so he did an audition for that. And I don't know if they were able to get it off the ground because of the circumstances with Omicron and whatever. So I don't know yeah, what happened yeah. with that. So but, he did the acting from dad and the... And the music from mom. Yeah. And he's he's very, very uh, a talented artist. And uh, he's, he's really... You know, Trevor is too, but Trevor's not an actor. Trevor's Marie's son, uh, Steve Lukather's son. Jake's a more all around kind of artist, but he's, he's, he's cool. You have to kind of, he did a great job in that film. I mean, I didn't really like the film cause I don't like the story so much. Yeah. Yeah. He did a really good job. So. I'll look it up. No, I saw a photo of him and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's Robert. Like I, earlier today I had to look it up and I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. He does. As a matter of fact, Alan, Alan's really taken with him cause he's so creative and all of that. And, and Alan thinks he looks like a young Robert Redford, a redheaded Robert Redford. Oh yeah. So um, I think he's going to go places. He's it, it, for him. It's more focused. And now, right now he's focused on his music. So that's, yeah. he's doing gigs around town and stuff. That's sweet. Well, it's cool. He has supportive like people close by that can push in the right direction. And there's no big time redhead male leads right now, so no, and it. not handsome ones either. There's kind of kooky not ones, handsome. but he's yeah, really a handsome true. kid. So um, yeah, and you can tell I'm uh, his proud aunt, but or aunt auntie. My they both call me auntie. <laughs> auntie. Well, thank you so much. I'll let you go. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, Chuck, that's a pleasure. It was great talking to you, too. Say hi to your (laughs) wife and say hi to Larry. Double check if that's Larry. Man, Sandra, even at the end, she would love to say hi to my wife sometimes. She's just so genuine. I love talking to her. She was such a blast. And 
Yeah, the fact that we had that little bit of a connection. My buddy that I only worked with, uh, you know, when I lived in Oregon uh, years ago, he is doing like an exclusive autograph thing for Cherie Curry. And what are the what are the chances that we're both connecting with one of the Currys, you know, at the same time? But uh, thank you, Sandra. And so don't forget your homework. Hangover Part 3. Me and Jamie just recorded the review today. So much fun. You're going to love it. And it's free on HBO Max. And I'm sure you can rent it on the, all the outlets for like $2.99 or $3.99. Definitely worth it. Different than the first two, but a good different. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. <laughs>